0: Welcome to Coach Pat Chat, episode 31. I'm very excited today. I get the pleasure and privilege of just having a sit-down chat with Mel Hamada from ISB, ISB Beijing. Uh, she teaches middle school uh, physical and health education there, and she is also a triathlete. She's very inspirational, and one of the main reasons I'm really excited to talk to you is not only about PE, but I think you've been handling everything lately very well, and I think you have a lot of insight. So I'm really excited to dive into all things, whatever we get into. So how are you doing?
1: Nice. I am doing well, thanks. I am. It's raining here in Canberra, which is lovely. I'm sitting here with a beanie on because I'm sitting outside, and it's suddenly winter, which I wasn't expecting. But it's a beautiful rainy day here, and um, I'm very excited to chat with you, Pat.
0: Awesome. So, um, I think you, because when I have guests on, I'm usually um, talking about, because I've had a lot of people from the States, so they're kind of new to online learning. um, And I've been doing it for three months, but I think you've actually been doing it longer. So, uh, why don't, how have like this, I don't know, the cycles or, how, how do you feel about online learning from beginning until where you are now?
1: Um, I think you and I have been both in the same boat. We started the first week of February. Okay. So I guess it's about the same amount of time. Um, I think in, initially online learning was like a grab for resources and a grab for some stop-gapping units because we didn't know how long this would go on for. Um, our school was in a little bit of a different position to other people's schools because we were on our Chinese New Year break when the school had to close campus. And so um, we were actually out of the country when it all happened, as were a lot of students and families and teachers and families. And so we sort of had to make contingency plans, as a, as a lot of our community did, because it was difficult to return to Beijing Um, And so I think e-learning has been compacted for us by having people all over the world, so we're dealing with time zone differences. We've also been dealing with people who were travelling like myself without my work computer. I didn't bring my work computer or any of my files because we were um, on holiday and I didn't take anything with me. Um, And so we've we've had that unique position where we weren't really prepared uh, and our school has had to really work hard to try and gather an intel about how it's all going from variety of sources over time. I'm actually super proud of the way that our school has moved forward with it. I think they're being very humble in saying things like, you know, maybe we could have started differently but we didn't know because no one else was in e-learning when we all started. Um, and been able to learn lessons about how to do it better over time. And I think people have been really creative in trying to reimagine their content so that it is meaningful to students online. But as we all know, we well, I'm not, I don't know about you, Pat, but I'm not trained in e-learning. So it's been difficult to ride that out a little bit and work out how to find the flow and I really, really miss my students. I miss interacting with them on a daily basis. They sort of bring out the best in you, I think. So it's – I'm finding that really difficult now that we're in week 14. <laughs> <of e-learning. laughs> Every time I see one of my students on a Zoom call, I just want to hug them, you know. So, yeah, it's hard.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard. been really difficult. And I, I think I echo your sentiments, especially at first, that uh, – you just try to see what works. I mean, um, at the beginning, like you want to keep things purposeful and there's still a way to keep things purposeful with failed lessons. And I don't like the way word fail, but in this instance, for me, there's definitely a point where I was like, stop the class. I was like, all right, this isn't working. Um, and it has nothing to do with you guys. It has to do with me trying to figure <laughs> it out. You guys are doing great. You're, you're trying everything I'm putting out there. Um, so I, I really just started to ask students, what is it you envision you want to do? What do you enjoy doing when we're in a normal PE class? And then let's brainstorm ways we can try to reinvent that to some degree. Um, with online learning and what they really wanted to do was create and play games so we found ways to do that
1: yeah no I think that's great I think having that feedback from the students and soliciting the feedback around the themes or ideas that you're really invested in so what are you invested in if if we're coming together and we're agreeing that this is hard but we're moving forward and we're both we want to be engaged and purposeful and we want to be moving and active and we want to tailor that to the situation that each of our students is in and be really mindful of um, hurdles they might have. For example, some parents are ultra-sensitive and um, some families are living in epicenters so they cannot go outside and so it's trying to come up with activities and ideas and challenges and purpose within a confined space sometimes they have a friend or a relative that they're living with sometimes their parents are at work some you know there's all these different pieces that you have to consider um, and be mindful of and also that sometimes the kids are anxious and frightened you know they're really scared they're frightened about falling behind um my own children I've really noticed uh, how much they're not balanced right now. So normally my kids would be doing sport, they would be doing drama, they'd be doing music, they'd be hanging out with friends, they'd be riding their bikes around the street, they'd be refusing to turn off their screens, you know, all this sort of stuff that kids do. But all of those things balance out the academic asks that we have as teachers. But right now, I think for a lot of our students, the academic stuff is all they have. Maybe they're calling their friends up On social media maybe they're balancing it with reading books or playing video games or going for a walk but it's not the same amount of time chunked out as a regular school day would give them and so I think the feedback that we offer students and the way that we are engaging with our kids has to be super positive and meaningful and really make them realize how much we care about them and how much we're thinking about them and and so that they understand because I think our words and our comments hold a lot of probably more power than they might normally Um, because they're not able to shake off all of that, oh, I didn't do as well on this or, oh, whatever, and go and play sport or go and, you know, do something after school. They can't do that right now. So we need to be super mindful, I think, of the way we're interacting with our students. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I think I fell into that trap of not really look noticing the overload um, that kids are experiencing because so I'd say in the middle of online learning I was like oh um, I was playing around with iMovie trailers and stuff and we were talking about creative play so I was like oh awesome I'm will, i I'm gonna be fair and take away from the live lesson a little bit and then so I did a screencast on how to make a trailer and all of that and um, I said document your P.E. journey just using videos we've already done together and make a trailer called Your Adventure of Physical Education at Home or whatever. And like a lot of kids really liked it, but one of my seniors reached out to me. He's like, Coach Pat, can we please, please, please? He's like, I really like your content, but can we please... is there any way we can stick to doing assignments and everything in the class period because I'm drowning with my other classes right now and I really I didn't even think about that because I was like well in their core classes they're still going to have the time they have together they're just going to be virtual Um, and and this is not a knock on anyone I, I think kids just didn't know how to handle it or whatever but I got this so I did a informal poll of all my classes. How much time are you spending outside of your class time on your actual homework at home? And some kids said three hours, but some kids said like eight hours a day. And uh, of course, there's potential for exaggeration and whatnot, but there was a lot of people that said five or more hours. So I made a vow to them. I said, you will never have an at-home assignment from me again. We will do everything together in our class. Um, I was just trying to try something new, and as I preach to you kids all the time, I'm going to mess up, so it's okay for each and all of us to mess up, so I gave them an apology. I kind of, they did the assignments, um, not even depending on the level, I just said everyone's going to get 100 for all the assignments we did, whether you, you got it in on time or not, because I feel really bad that I was not aware of how much you are shouldering right now. And that's on top of what you're talking about, emotions and fears and stuff like that. So um, that was me being vulnerable and saying, I screwed up, um, but here's how we can
1: fix it. I, I think that's awesome. I think it's really important that the kids recognize that we are listening to them um, and that we're interested in their feedback on what's happening so that we can best suit them I think you're always going to have some kids that will not tell you the truth. Like you said earlier, you know, you need to sort of take everything with a grain of salt. Um, You need to read the comments and sort of reach out to maybe some kids for further feedback or opportunity to explain their thinking. Um, I also feel that a lot of our kids are not native English language speakers and so suddenly being faced with a lot of text instructions is challenging so it's important to be considering how we're differentiating and supporting our learners and I'll be the first to say that I'm, I'm a, a much happier writer than I am I find it difficult to sort of <laughs> be more succinct in my instructions so um, I polled my kids and I just said what's working in your other classes like what are your other teachers doing that you're finding super useful and I had a list of things and asked them to add on. But overwhelmingly the kids wanted me to do screencasts or used audio instructions to read through the text. So I've been trialling with that and that's been – like I've I've been uploading my videos so I can see how many times they're watched just to see if it's worth the time for me. And they are being watched. So it's great in that sometimes you think that you – planned really progressive logical lessons and that they should make sense but of course I'm the one that's written them so they make sense to me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I have found by screencasting that I can explain myself and explain particularly assessment tasks much more clearly and kids can go back a number of times and listen um, and come back for more feedback and that's been a super game changer for me to be more um explicit about what I'm asking kids to do because I would some of the work I would get in I was like where, where did this come from <laughs> oh what were they thinking but of course my instructions weren't clear enough um and they weren't thinking the hundred other things that I was thinking when I was writing the assignment so you know you have to be really careful
0: yeah for sure I think screencasting has been a lifesaver Um, For the reasons you just posted or or said, I'm used to saying posted. That's all I do. But uh, it's also been beneficial for my kids who, for whatever reason, can't make it to class. So I just screencast the lesson as well. Um, And then if they have questions, I'm glad to ask. But that way, as far as attendance goes, like most of them have had valuable reasons why they can't. I mean, Wi-Fi here is terrible right now. So if a kid tells me the Wi-Fi was out, I, I believe them 100% because I actually uh, had to pay to get my Wi-Fi up just to handle all the bandwidth of the kids. Um, so that's been really helpful for me. Um, I just post the uh, recording to Google Classroom and then say, if you have further questions, just uh, hit me up.
1: Yeah, I it's been really interesting... Um, because YouTube doesn't work in China unless you have a, a way to go through that. Um, but uh, that has meant that I've had to be really specific in the videos that I'm choosing for kids um, rather than being able to say, here's a YouTube playlist, go and choose something. I've had to be really right. thoughtful in what I'm choosing, which I've really enjoyed. It's sort of stopped me from spamming the kids a little bit you know and choosing uh videos or workouts or activities or games or like minute to win it challenges or fitness programs or whatever that are really specific to what we're doing so that the kids are not overwhelmed by feeling like they have to look at lots of things i think it's like going to a supermarket if you go to a supermarket that has 400 choices of coffee how will you ever choose you just want coffee but suddenly there's all these different brands and different <laughs> flavors and different types and it's like i found when we were living in hanoi i would go to the local supermarket Vivimart or whatever and there's just like a room full of food and i would just choose what was there there's three types of coffee i'll just choose that one it's still coffee right but if you go to the states or so you come to australia you're walking into warehouses of food it's so difficult to choose I think it's the same with what we're giving our kids we need to give them choice and voice and let them amend and edit and make it more specific but we don't want to overwhelm them with choice and we don't want to offer them one thing to do I think we need to be really cognizant of the menu that we offer kids allows them to make choices that are meaningful to their individual and um, environment and relevant to where they are today
0: yeah, my wife definitely put me through the supermarket scenario at the beginning because I was like, oh, man, I'm thinking about adding a seesaw to what she said. Pat, you're doing Google Classroom. You're doing live sessions. You're doing videos. Stop it. Stop giving them so much that they need to learn about and to use. And so that, that was another moment where I learned from, well, my immediate PLN, who's my wife, but <laughs> um, she, she brought up a really good point and she even sent out an email to the entire staff, said, I know it's an exciting time and as a technology person, I'm excited about it for those reasons, like coronavirus is not an exciting time, but as far as utilizing technology, um, but she said, I will be the first to say you guys need to slow down on using too many apps or platforms. And I, I, I think early on that was the best advice I probably got. Yeah, I, I agree. There.
1: I think we've had the same thing here. Um, be be more mindful of the way you're using the, the apps the kids already know how to use and avoid overloading them with new things that you're not there to explain how to use properly. Right.
0: Yeah, because yeah. we've got to realize because just for example – uh, my kids know Google Classroom. They know a lot about Google. But when I sent out the Google Meet invites, they really, like I had to make a screencast on how to accept that yep. invite, even though it, like, it seems basic, I understand that. It goes to your email, and you can just add it to calendar. But also, we haven't done, I mean, I'm sure there's been like whole school trainings on how to use Google Calendar, but in whole school trainings, I think it's more beneficial to do it in a smaller case. So I was getting emails for our first week, Coach Pat, I don't see the link. How do I get into the class? I'm going to be late. And I was like, oh, goodness, I didn't even think about that. Yep. So, no, um, I know.
1: And it's, it's all the things that you realize that you make assumptions about, right? You right. make assumptions that the kids know how to use a program, and some of them do. Some of them are whiz-bang at it. Yeah. Some of them have no idea at all and they've been able to hide quietly in the corner and avoid having to admit that they don't know what's going on in the classroom and suddenly they're on the spot um, and they're under the hammer because they've got all these teachers saying, well, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I think that's really tough for kids. And I think it's also been tough for teachers too who've been, you know, the leaders in their classroom without anybody overseeing what's happening and suddenly... They're being asked to deliver lessons through whatever the school is using. Like Our school is not using anything googly, sadly. Um, but some teachers are awesome at that and some teachers are not as well practiced. And so it does require a huge, a lot of, um, and I'm sure your wife is the same, a huge lot of support, yeah, which we haven't had to do before. And I really feel for schools um, that don't have that support team in place, teachers and for students because that must be incredibly frustrating
0: yeah totally and speaking of google i saw your post congratulations on google one <laughs> thank you and to educator i'm still stuck on one but i'll get to the next level
1: oh uh, it's you'll be totally fine i have it's i i set those three years ago and they run out every three years so i yeah. got this email saying you need to update your certification i was like oh man i don't have time to do that but <laughs> I was more worried because I don't use a Google Classroom at all, right. And I and so I was concerned in doing the, the exams that they would ask me to do something because um, the exams basically just take you through scenarios. They set you up with like a Google Drive and they ask you sure. to share this and send this and open classroom and create an assignment and embed a video and, you know, that sort of practical application demonstration. And I was like, oh, I haven't – Use Google Classroom. I don't even know how I'd log on right now. I don't even – so I was a bit nervous, but it was fine. I just uh, sat and just went through the the exams. I was was lucky that I didn't have to go back through all of the lesson learning, like the training beforehand. You just get to do the exam. So that was great. So that's exciting. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I think you should do it. Well, it's – I really enjoyed doing it and I enjoy knowing that my skills are up to date. But if you are now moving to China next year, um, you might like to think about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So last summer I did Google One and I, I think I went through the training just because I've always struggled with test taking like five times. And then when I got to the actual test, because last year, well, my past six years, this year, I actually um, asked to not be AD anymore because I miss PE too much and the clerical work is just not my cup of tea. Um, but um, I was like, oh, I do this every day, <laughs> all the spreadsheets and everything. Like, um, so I will. Thank You'd be my- fine.
1: You would be all over it. It's yeah. it's not. For some, Because when I, when I got the email saying, you need to be certified, I wrote to them and I was like, okay, where where should I go to do some revision before I do this exam? And the very kind person from Google wrote me and said, everything that you've been doing in your Google classroom with your school will be enough training. And I thought, I don't, okay, that's good <laughs> advice. <laughs> so, so I just went Canvas, and did the exam and it was fine.
0: Okay. But, well, I'll try yeah. to do educator number two. Well, we have a fiery four-day weekend now, so that would be the time to do it because next week my life's going to be… Just rock
1: it out. Rock it out, man. Get it done.
0: Right. Next week's
1: my life's going to be, be you'll on be do- fire. I have no doubt you'll do the exam and you'll be like, really? I do this every day. It's exactly what it is. It's an everyday thing. Right. Just like you said, set a meeting in your calendar and send yourself a reminder. I'm like, that's a test question? Okay, I can do that.
0: So are you using yeah. Canvas then? Say again. In China do you use Canvas? Is that what it's called? It's like a corporate? No um, our
1: elementary school our school uses state School and okay. our Midland High School uses Teamy.
0: Okay. Yeah. You got it. I'm uh I'm trying to get on board with all Microsoft things. So for grad school we use Microsoft, but we only use Canvas because that's like the classroom platform. Um, so I'm learning OneDrive, probably. Right? I'm working on it, but I'll get there.
1: Oh, I, I won't say all the things I'd like to say about Microsoft, because my brother works there, and he's awesome. But there are things that could be improved. Yeah.
0: My wife feels the same way. She's a very big Google person. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it'll be fine, and we're excited for the move. Um, we've already picked out an apartment. They had us do that already. When we move in, I have no idea, but... Um, well,
1: and that will be the interesting thing to see what China does right. moving
0: forward. Um, but we're very excited about the school and the change. And uh, Like I work alone now and I'll get to work with five other PE teachers and that's been my goal for a very long time. Um, so I'm excited about that. I mean, obviously Twitter has been great, but be able to just sit in the office and share ideas and observe each other. That's what I really am looking forward to. Nice. So, um, just out of curiosity, because before we talked, and I won't hold you too long, but um, you said that so China ISB is going back technically, but there's a lot of teachers who aren't in China. So, how does that look as far as uh, teaching goes? I guess.
1: So currently. Um Beijing is operating differently to other places in China, but right now Beijing has said that schools, all schools, public, private, can open to grade 8 and grade 12, which I understand um, in Beijing, the grade 8 and grade 12 are really big exam preparation years, so they're the ones that they are wanting to prioritise. Um, but in order for you to return to campus, you need to have uh, – completed really strict training as a parent, as a teacher, or as a student. And so that's been a huge process. So everyone that's in Beijing has had to undergo that training and they're on campus, which um, students are invited to attend, but it's certainly not mandatory. But if you are on campus as a student, you will be in, place in the same e-learning that every other student would be doing off campus. So there's no difference in education. It just means that you have a different place to do it um, but right now, China is closed to non Chinese nationals coming in, and so that means those of us that are not in China are stuck in our current logic what it is, but we don't know how long that will go on for so our school has a large number of teachers that are not in China, and so we're waiting to see what's going to happen in terms of the opening of the borders and the resumption of, of flights and transport right. to get us back home.
0: For sure. And uh, I'm sorry, that sounds like a, a frustrating and difficult situation, but um, I think we've all learned that we are very good at adapting through this three-month period. So. Um,
1: I yeah, can't. I agree. I, and everyone's going to have a different story to tell Pat about where they were and what they did and what happened next and what they needed to do. And I think part of our journey is going to be to have to listen and to have empathy because everyone's going to get to differently. I've, I go up and down emotionally. Like I feel we are so blessed and lucky to be home with my my parents in their nice, comfortable house. Canberra has relatively few coronavirus cases and has very, um, we're allowed to go out walking and running and cycling from here, so we're still allowed to go out. We're not allowed to go to public parks and there are, you know, rules about how many people can be out together, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I'm not in a situation where, you know, we're in an epicenter. I don't have family that are going to work into essential services. I don't have the same stresses that, that other people are going through financially or with loved ones in coronavirus pathways. So I sort of go up and down and feeling super grateful and lucky and just so grateful that my children are healthy and parents and Queens are healthy. But I also go through a lot of guilt, you know, when talking to students who are struggling or families who are struggling or reading the news and reading about People who are really finding this losing their jobs and not being supported. And, like, I just it's also that what how can we help and be more useful to people who really need it at this moment? And how can we teach that to our kids and offer them hope of how they could support others too without overwhelming them as well? Like, how do we offer them some practical opportunities to be useful?
0: to others for sure and i think that's part of my so i go back on monday and before i jump into like whatever i decide to do games or fitness or i'm not there yet but i i think i'm definitely going to do start with just some coronavirus reflection and just kind of build understanding and how we can cater to being sensitive to the topic because I mean, and middle schoolers are middle schoolers. I hopped on a call once. Um, I was about 10 minutes early, and there were some kids over there, and I looked at the chat bar, and they were making, as middle schoolers do with every situation, like, I wasn't mad at them, but they were making coronavirus jokes, like, it must be coronavirus and stuff like that. Um, So we did do a lesson on um, what's really going on and how people are really affected. And it's not a joking matter. And I said, for all you know, someone in this chat room could be affected. So I would ask that you please show some maturity on this and just be sensitive to everyone in the world. But I think it will be more effective if we can do that in person and I'll put together a presentation and stuff like that. I think and I
1: and I agree. I think it's such a learning, powerful learning moment for us to recognize like you and I were talking earlier, I've got some kids who've seen no one for three months. Right. Now to ask them to come back on campus and suddenly interact with fifty people in one day just could completely overwhelm them emotionally. Right. They haven't. They're not used to noise. They're not used to having to be socially aware and how to say hello and how to say goodbye and how to actively listen to someone. Um, they're not used to being looked at by other people in person, they're not going to be used to so many things. And some kids are going to be totally okay with that and we need to be mindful of that too and not overwhelm them in the reflectiveness of it. And some kids are going to be totally frightened and overwhelmed emotionally and we need to be wary of that and make other kids wary that both of those and anything in between are going to be normal for a while Um, and to make people feel safe you know, so that they do feel safe to come back to school.
0: Yeah, I can agree more. And I, I think that's just going to be my focus for the first week. Um, I want to get kids moving, but I also, before, as you said, before you get kids moving, you need them to be comfortable and readapt to being in big groups. And so I think that that would be the best practice. So I appreciate you. Bringing that up, it's something that I've been, been juggling a 100,000 ideas of what I'm going to do on Monday. So um, that's definitely the But it,
1: it might just be starting with something that allows them to discuss what the norms are in your space. Right. So that they all get a chance to have some buy-in and then they're all holding themselves accountable and each other accountable to what the group has decided, um, along with whatever norms your school has in place. for for your space and environment in this current situation. And that way they will understand that you making them feel safe and taking responsibility for other people's safety is the primary concern. And, And they will better understand the choice of activities or the way that your environment is set up if they can understand the context behind it. And I think that's really good learning for kids to be a part of those conversations with you so that they best understand that today this is what it will look like. But it might look different tomorrow depending on how everybody's feeling and how the campus looks and what updates everyone has had. Um, And that's okay too. Like things will shift. Um, And you might find the kids that you see first thing in the day will be very different to the kids you see last thing in the day because every teacher is going to need to figure that out with them. Right. And so they will have had lots of conversations with people by the time they get through their day, which is great because it, hopefully they'll be much more self-aware. I'll be really interested to see if kids are much more self-directed when we see them. Like what have they, what, what lessons and personal learning have they got out of this time that's happened, not because we've necessarily directly taught it to them but it's happened because of the way e-learning has asked them to be, you know. Maybe they're more self-directed. Maybe they're going to be much better at respecting time and transition between one activity and another because they know how to do that now, you know. I'd be really interested to see what learning they have done without realising it when we see them all again.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I never really thought about that. It'd be really, as you said, very interesting to see um, time management as well as... Um, how they react to a stimulus or a a directive and whatnot. So, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Um, Thanks for I I
1: also think my kids won't know each other's names because they haven't seen each other for a long time.
0: Oh, right. They won't remember
1: everybody's name necessarily. So that's something I'm not going to assume.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I guess you're right. Um, How many kids do you have in a class?
1: 20 to 24
0: Okay, so we're about well those are my middle school classes my high school classes are about 15 Um, yeah um, I think that's a good point like you really uh, and I think what you're driving at is in some respects we really just need to get back to basics Um,
1: yeah and you might find you say 20 kids in your class on Monday that only 8 of them are there I, I don't know what your numbers will be But that might be, you know, that's going to totally indicate what you can and can't do in terms of activities and games too. Um, And they might not come dressed for PE. They might not come with an awareness of the timetable or remember who's in their class. Or their focus might not be on anything other than just surviving and having a day away from home. So it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see what you find out.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely uh, keep you updated on next week. I would guess 25%. Um, Because So the situation was, there's a chance, um, and I'll wrap it up here in a second, but there was a chance we were going to go back in March. There's a very small window, and then basically this very wealthy Vietnamese girl traveled to Europe despite coronavirus, went to all these modeling shows, and just went everywhere in Europe, and then came back to Hanoi and just was prancing around at all the bars and whatnot. They call her Subject 17. And basically she infected a lot of people in Vietnam. So that plan went down as soon as she came back. But what we did do, because the government wanted us to take a survey, so we sent out a Google form basically saying, would you be willing to send your child back or no? And we only got 30% Saying yes, um, which I kind of assume because then back then, I mean, it's not died down, but Vietnam has had very low cases and zero deaths, um, which is amazing. Well,
1: that is amazing. I, I, back to the grain of salt thing zero cases reported. Uh, that's, Careful. Uh,
0: no, I, I have brought that up before. Um, I'm not going to bash them at all, but. No, no,
1: I don't mean it in a negative way. I just like we talk about it here as well. They say this is how many cases and we're like – and then they'll say, but we haven't tested the whole country, so we don't really know the the whole numbers. But of the people we've tested, this is what the percentage is, but the number of tests is not even 3% of the population.
0: But I also wouldn't put it past them knowing how certain things have gone in the past to withhold. Um, so I'm not trying no, to... No, we be...
1: used to live in Vietnam as well. So yeah. that's why I'm... Yeah, okay. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So um, so to answer your question with the longest answer possible... Um,
1: 30%, you reckon?
0: Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it, and it... There's no way of telling, but this time we are not required to have a certain percentage to go back. So we will... Okay,
1: so it's this open to whoever's coming on? Yeah.
0: Um okay. So I'll definitely keep you in the loop uh, with what happens with that. I'll share ideas on Twitter of how I completely did not succeed in an aspect and then how I... <laughs> I think it'll be do, we'll be fine.
1: Whatever you do, will be fine. I am surprised that your school is going to start day one with classes. I think I would have gone with the day one being in mentoring groups and just doing something off timetable completely. Yeah, just initiation.
0: I think they're going off what other schools are doing because we we typically follow what Concordia and Eunice does. Right. Um, So we're just kind of following suit. Um, But they haven't, so the government's announced it, but our school hasn't officially sent out an official email. So, there's a high chance Monday and Tuesday we're just preparing. I'm just saying Monday as like next week. As in the first day back. Yep, yep. Um, So, there's a high chance that we will do a slow, staggered start. I know that the plan is to stagger high school, middle school, elementary, because elementary is not at all next, next week. They're not, the earliest elementary can go back is the 11th. Right. So, there so start
1: slow and see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So before I let you go, um, the reason I'm going to ask you this is because you've influenced me a lot with some of your talks Like you did one <laughs> earlier in the, and it was very simple, but you were just telling people to make sure they're monitoring what they're doing. Like you might be sitting in front of the TV and not even noticing you're <laughs> snacking on chips or whatever. Yeah, um, oh my gosh. So um, I just want to ask, how are you and the family and how are you keeping uh, happy and healthy? <laughs> um,
1: so I have a coach for me, a triathlon coach, and he and I have been working really hard to make sure that the workouts and training that I'm doing fit for the purpose of being here, which has been good. So I have got um, an external influence on me as well as internal, which has been great. Um, we have done well. I think initially when we weren't sure how long we'd be here for, we, we just, you know, we didn't buy anything because or borrow anything because we just didn't know how long we'd be here for. Um, but now that we've been here three and a half months and we'll probably be here another three months, we broke down a couple of weeks ago and, um, my husband, Clint bought a new, not a new, a secondhand bike. So he's been out cycling, which has been great. Um, we've got the kids on bikes that we've borrowed. I went down to a sports store and bought soccer balls and volleyballs and badminton racket. Like I just, we made the decision that it's it's expensive, but if it means they get out into the garden and get out and about. Um, My son who's in high school has had workouts being sent to him by his swim coaches and track and field coaches. So he's been doing those. He's pretty self-sufficient. And then just trying to keep my girls moving, like we've been walking and searching for different animals and taking them on bike rides and, setting things up in the garden, but it each day brings its challenges um, because our online learning matches Beijing time. We're expected to be on class now from 11am till 2.30pm our okay. time. Um, but that, you know, then you've got homework or for us preparation as teachers. So. Right. If the kids don't do something before 9.30, they're not getting off their computers till 3, 3.30, and by, by now it's getting dark and cold. So we've now got the challenge to try and work out how to keep them active in an environment that's not as friendly as it was when it was warm. Um, and my kids are all so <laughs> trying to <laughs> keep up their swimming fitness has been hard.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: We're, we're fit and healthy and we're, you know, I think I worry about it more than other parents might because of the PE teacher and the athlete me. me. Um, like I'm, I'm coming off training twice a day to training once a day, twice every other day maybe just because I don't have the time right. um, in the daylight hours and I don't have my equipment and, and the gym and stuff to, to really, you know, I can't go swimming Um, and I can't go and do the cross workout that I'd like to do although I'm trying to Um, but it's also because I'm more actively parenting than I might be and what I mean by that is my kids would be at school or they would be at training or whatever and so they would be being looked after by the coach or the teacher whereas now that's all falling to me and and that's hard that's a hard job Um, it's one that I really embrace but you know, if someone like you said to my son, right, we're going to do this, he'd be like, all right, coach. <laughs> but mum saying, son, we're going to do this, oh, mum, do I have to. So <laughs> it's a bit different. Um, I, I'm trying, like a lot of people like you as well, I'm trying really hard to model it in my house. So I'm trying to eat well. It's not always successful. I have a lot of chocolates that I like to eat, but, um, and I'm trying to train and I'm trying to get to bed relatively on time. I'm just trying to be around for them and model that. But as we all do, there are days where that doesn't work out and you stay up late because something's happening or um, weather is not great for going out. So it's difficult to get out of the house. And I just have to accept that that's okay. It's not like they're sitting for a month at a time playing PlayStation and doing nothing. So, yeah, we're doing well. And it sounds like you're doing the best you can do, too. I think we are all trying to do the best we can do with what we have.
0: Yeah, for sure. And thank you for that snippet. That's really – it's just good to hear other people uh, describe how they're dealing with the situation and how they're finding access to health and spending time with their families. So thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome. You're um, welcome.
0: So, Mel, I want to thank you a lot for coming on the show. Um
1: well, thanks um, for having me.
0: Uh, I'm actually kind of relieved. it's raining for you because I'd hate to take you away from a beautiful day.
1: Um, no, it's. Great. It is a beautiful day. Like I'm hoping in another half an hour it might be light enough that I can head out for a run. We'll see.
0: Awesome. And uh, hopefully I will get to meet you in person at phase as long as it's going on.
1: We will see. Yeah. That would be great, though. In Hong Kong, yes. I, we'll see how it goes. I'm, yeah, it's a crazy world right now. Like I'm watching, like you guys are going back to school and um, some schools here are going back next week and some schools in the US are going back. And But we haven't, you know, like, like you were saying before, three months later and we still have no sign of school. Right. Such a long time. And I'm, you know... I'm really curious to see how things go. Like I'm desperately feeling sorry for our colleagues in the States who are being asked to go back to work when there's not proper testing in place and they're not being supported medically and some of them have lost their contracts because they're not actually working. I'm just – it's so frustrating. Yeah, it'll be so interesting. But, listen, good luck for you next week. I hope it works out. Please share your journey because I know a lot of people will be returning and will be interested to see – how it went to you, and what were the needs of your kids so that we can best support them.
0: For sure. I will definitely do that. All right, Mel, have a wonderful day, and thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you, Pat. See you later.
0: All right.